I'll write it and we'll do it live! Mister, will you please wake up? Tying run at second, two out, Palmero over to Uribe, charges, throws, out! And the White Sox have won the World Series! The inbounds pass comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Go! The Bulls win! They win! Today under center. Brett gives Heron up the middle. The Wildcats win! The Wildcats win! We'll see a pickup sometime on the right side, possibly. Montana. Looking, looking. Throwing in the end zone. This is Snowman in the Morning. <clears throat> Good morning. Welcome to the Manic Monday edition of Snowman in the Morning. Glad to have y'all with us. And boy, got a lot on the plate to take you through the next 90 minutes or so. Um, didn't plan a full two hours, but... With uh, some of the things that are going on right now and some of the things going on this week, I figured, eh, what the hell. Let's get right into it, shall we? I want to bring up an article that I found, and it's courtesy of ESPN.com. We're just going to jump right in. And it reads, I, I got this on Friday, and it reads as follows. The NFL has found no other current team or league personnel to have sent emails containing racist, anti-gay, or misogynistic language similar to the messages written by John Gruden that led to his resignation as Las Vegas Raiders coach. A person familiar with the documents told the Associate Press on Friday. The person said that the NFL, quote, did not identify other areas and other individuals it has to contact at club leadership or league leadership levels, close quote. The person spoke on the condition of anonymity because the league has not publicly released what is in the, hold on to your hats, 650,000 emails the independent investigators collected during an investigation of sexual harassment and other workplace conditions at the Washington football team, a.k.a. the Washington Redskins. I will stop right there. After reading that several Several times after trying to process what that article said, I think it's a lot of hogwash. 
I would love to say it another way, but I can't. I think that's a lot of hogwash. And to tie Gruden's emails into the situation going on in Washington, I don't buy it. And I got my partner in crime, Cole Johnson, riding shotgun with me on this Monday morning. Cole, I sent you this on Friday. You know what I said about it, and I'm saying it live right now. I think that's a lot of hogwash. Hmm. Where should I begin on this topic? set the stage again i i, I want to make sure that i'm getting exactly right what you said i just want right. to make sure i will read again for those of you that are just tuning in um what i read what i read to kick off the show is we're 13 minutes beyond the hour but there was an article i found and i will read the first two paragraphs again it reads as it's courtesy of ESPN.com. Oh boy. Now I will say without a lick of with without a lick of fear, consider the source. It reads as follows quote, the NFL has found no other current team or league personnel to have sent emails containing containing racist, anti-gay or misogynistic language similar to messages written by John Gruden that led to his resignation as Las Vegas Raiders coach. A person familiar with the documents told the Associate Press on Friday. The person said that the the person said the NFL this is for you, my friend, quote, did not identify other areas and other individuals it has to contact at club or at club leadership or league leadership levels. Close quote. The person spoke on the condition of anonymity, of course, of course. because the league has not publicly released what is in the once again, hold on to your hats, 650,000 emails. The independent investigators collected during an independent investigation of sexual harassment and other workplace conditions at the Washington football team, a.k.a. the Washington Redskins. I just repeated my entire opening statement with the help of this article from ESPN. Cole Johnson, my partner in crime here on the show, and that became effective as of last week, so you will hear him as often as you hear me. I'm giving you the floor first. I wanted to make sure that was exactly what you disseminated to the public. Yep. Because it goes to show a couple of things. One, it goes to show that this is basically 
a white a white supremacy axe to grind against a white supremacist because <laughs> you can't go after your own. Right. And and two, if this is true, if all of if of the six hundred fifty thousand email that they collected from the Washington football team between supposedly between 2011 and 2018. You mean to tell me that the only person going buck wild on females, on black people, <laughs> and on homosexuals is a, 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 an imp? <laughs> Just a lowly coach who at the time was a contributor and the color commentator for ESPN's Monday Night Football, John Cruden. Do you mean to tell me this is the guy who he's on the low rung of power? Mm -hmm. You know, the low, basically the lowest rung of power you can yep. have. Yep. Because let's let's get it straight. Please you pull do. you pull in a a 10 year $100 million contract with only one Super Bowl and two appearances afterwards to show. Yep. You must carry a lot of strokes. So he has some power, but he's at the low run. Uh -huh. See, you see, he he's he's a millionaire. But he was talking to he was talking to multimillionaires and billionaires. Mm-hmm. And you mean to tell me that the only person that was out of pocket was John Gruden in the whole email system that you gathered and supposedly, supposedly gathered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doggone you read my mind again. That <laughs> <laughs> you gathered, but you originally gathered it because you thought that this team had a sexist issue, a misogynistic issue. You thought this team had work practice, workplace malpractice because they couldn't understand how to treat and respect women. So, so you mean to tell me Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen and, and the other brain trusts at the top of the Washington football team food chain is <laughs> bereft of all of these things? You mean their hands are clean? What did I tell you, Brian? I said that the problem that I had with this was that they found their scapegoat, scapegoat and Gruden, mm -hmm. and that Goodell had an extra grind with Gruden. Yep. And that if it wasn't for the fact that Gruden called Goodell a P word and F word mm -hmm. and challenged the safety of the NFL players, we would not have seen these emails. Nope. They would have been swept under the rug, just like every other controversy in professional sports. So you know what that tells me? That tells me that it's not that they, they didn't have any more racist or sexist or homophobic or misogynistic email. It was there wasn't any, I guess you could say, man car calling racist or sexist um, or anti-gay rhetoric and language directed to Roger Goodell, the puppet for the 31 owners mm -hmm. and the one and the one community owner team of the NFL. Yep. That is what it tells me. And the NFL should be ashamed of themselves 
for feeling as though they take they took the high moral ground and they're like, our game doesn't do this. Our game doesn't talk like this. Our game doesn't stand for it. Bull. Yes, it does. <laughs> and the only reason why you didn't stand up for so. it now was because the puppet for the league got called these names. Yeah. And, and as you put it so eloquently on Friday, he got he wasn't he didn't get in his feelings. He got put in his feelings. That's a wonderful way to put it. Yeah. He, he got, got put, in his put feelings. He got put in his feelings several hundred times over. Now you mean to tell me, Roger Goodell, the 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 puppet commissioner, that you weren't putting your feelings so many other times before and you only acted until now? Because what this tells me is that, A, you have no balls, B, you have no nerve, Mm -hmm. and C, you are nowhere near the level of, here's a familiar name, the late, great Pete Roselle. Oh, no, 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 no. He's nowhere near on the level of Paul Tagliabue. Paul Tagliabue. I would would (laughs) dare not mention that he's on the level of Pete Roselle. I mean, two other commissioners, as far as racist stuff goes, flatline. Flatline! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because neither of those two would not stand for it. Yeah, that, that, that crap was a non-starter. Yes. Neither of those two commissioners, the late, great Pete Rosell and Paul Tagliabue, who was the owner of, who was involved in the Washington... Redskins ownership at the time when he succeeded Pete Rosell. That's correct. You mean to tell me those two kept the standards that Roger Goodell has since ruined? I'll, I'll say I'll say it again. Roger Goodell has ruined those standards. And what else did I say two years ago when all this BS started? Biggest commotion coming out of Washington was the wrong thing. Because if y'all remember, the Washington until now <laughs> was them removing the Redskins' name. Now, on one point, and I'm going on a ta- I'm going into Tangent City here. We'll, we're going to get back to our main point. Now, at one point, I understand completely why the name was removed. I get that. But I mm-hmm. have a few questions about that, too. We'll discuss that later. But what was the word I used when this came out almost two years ago? What was the first word I used when you and I were in conversation? Uh, let me see. Um, uh, um a great achievement? No. Um, um, it's about time? No. Um, ah, I got it. Distraction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The exact sentence I used was this was a smokescreen. Mm-hmm. It was a smokescreen. And it's still the biggest damn smokescreen you can look at. And to repeat your question, you mean out of 650,000 emails, there wasn't one? Just one? Non-John Gruden. Exactly. (laughs) Not. (laughs) 
You made not Uno, not not one. Not supposedly, we have to believe that there was not one non-John Gruden email which had sexist, racist, or homophobic thoughts. Everybody was on their best behavior, man. Everybody was on their best behavior. So they, so they just let, so they just let so John Gruden send these emails for, to Bruce Allen, and they all for the last, they all for that seven-year span just said, "Oh, John being a racist, bad boy." They just wrapped him on the wrist and just ignored him. Get out of here. Please. Remind me of something, please. Who's Sorry. in charge of the Washington Redskins? Uh, Daniel Snyder. Okay. Mm-hmm. Has been for 27 years. Yes, sir. 1994 is when he mm-hmm. bought the team, correct? Mm-hmm. That's okay. correct. Okay. Okay, let, let's go back a little bit, okay? Because mm-hmm. you could say there was more than 650,000 emails because the internet exploded in the 1990s. Yes, it and did. The 19, and the 1994 season was their 75th year. Right. So you know everybody was doing a lot of communicating. And at the time, the Redskins were still popular because they were playing at RFK Stadium in the nation's capital. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me in 27 years... It took them till now to finally peek into Dan Snyder's doings after people complain, especially after they moved to Landover, Maryland. Because remember, there were shots coming out of Landover, Maryland, even though the Redskins made the playoffs in 1999. But remember, this is a, a lifelong Washington football team fan that we're talking about in the owner of the current owner of the Washington football team. Man, the late Jack Kent Cook is rolling in his grave. <laughs> the late Jack Kent Cook is rolling in his grave with all this coming out. And they wait till now to do this? Really? I want to bring up something else. And I don't know if anybody caught it, but I sure did beginning at the top of the season. Last year, painted on the end of the end zones, besides in in racism, there was a message that said, it takes all of us. That's right. Have Have you noticed how that slogan has now rolled into intercepting cancer? It takes all of us to intercept cancer. Anybody catch that? Or was it just me? Anybody catch that? No, 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 because uh, what was it uh, last year? Uh, you know, they, they, they painted it takes, takes all of us in the social justice realm. But, yep. you know, you had, you had issues such as when you had the very first game of last year, and I remember this one, uh, between the Texans and the Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium where, mm-hmm. you had, where you had all the Texans and all the Chiefs gather together at the center of the field and knelt. Yep. And you had only 25% of the crowd there yep. for COVID reasons. Arrowhead seats roughly 80,000 people. Uh-huh. So there was 20,000 or so there. Yeah. Just about all of them booed them yep. when they started to kneel. Yep. So you don't think that got into the ears of the owners or the ears of the commissioner, or I should say, and. And <laughs> they, decided to, yes, they decided to change the narrative and change the message just a bit, but... In the slick way that NFL does, 
do it in such a hush-hush manner that not even the most ardent of woke supporters talk about it or know about it. And they won't either. All these woke social justice warriors, 90% of them that hide behind a doggone keyboard that think they know what sports is, and then they come up to people like you and I, and we politely put them back in their seats, I bet you not one of them caught that transition. Not one. <laughs> I am willing to lay you a bet that not one of them caught that transition. Of course, now they make. The, uh, of course, now they just moved it back to intercept cancer, inter- intercept cancer on one on one of the sidelines, which I believe is an insult to all the cancer patients, of which I am one. Yes, it is an insult to you and to those who bravely fight cancer. Bi- it's a big. It's a big fat ass insult to those who have fought cancer, like my father and my grandfather, to those who are fighting it, myself and quite a few others, and those who are getting detected to have cancer intercepted. It's a big fat insult by the shield. And they think that they're so slick, using your word and my dad's word, they think that they're so slick that they think no one, no one would catch that transition. I sure as hell caught it. Well, you also have to understand that, uh, you know, when you talk about the National Football League, and, 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 of course, every business has to think this way, but the National Football League, the NFL, they primarily, more than anything else, more than social justice, more than cancer, more than player safety, more than trying to get a bigot off the sideline. Yep. More, more than even protected the bigots that own these teams. I'm not saying all 31 are. Right. Some of them are. Yeah. All of those things, including who performs at halftime of the Super Bowl. Oh, Lord. All of those <laughs> things pale in comparison to the one thing that the league wants to do, and that is make money, 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 money. I have to bring that. I have to bring that song into this program whenever we talk football, <laughs> college or pro, because mm-hmm. we hit because we eviscerated college last week, mm-hmm. and that and that baloney called the college football playoff. You know, so when people when, when people and, and there was a comment that I, I read. Oh said, you know, boy, there was only there was only two there was only two. There was only two games that were good Sunday, but the but the rest of the NFL slate basically. I caught that. What was was horrible, I which I won't that. say, which I won't say was horrible, but I totally understand. I totally understand the 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 the, the sentiment. Yep, yep. But all I could think was is, this is the power of the NFL. They are so powerful that they own, they own. Well, they own a couple of days in a week, but they definitely own one day in a week during the fall. Mm-hmm. That they can have garbage games. <laughs> they can have garbage games littered throughout the whole day. But they own it. Yep. Why? Because of the money that pours into the company. Because that's what the NFL is. It's a company. Every yep. single year. Yeah. They, they they own Sunday. They somewhat own Monday night. Somewhat. They definitely now own Sunday night. It's all because of the revenue that gets poured into the product. That's it. And they can... And they can put forth horrible products because they generate the money to do so. Yeah. 
and the fans are back taking in all this. Yeah, gobbling it up. They're eat. Yes, we gotta. We got a break, but we're going to stop there and we're going to continue there in 120 seconds. This is Snowman in the Morning. Stand by, folks. We're just getting started. About what supposedly goes on in the NFL and then two men who have studied the NFL for years that know different. And as my friend Cole likes to tell me, find the lie. <laughs> well, I mean, we've we've only we've only known we've only been involved in the sport and loved it, especially in the NFL for I don't know forty years. I mean, why would, <laughs> how how could we not know the ins and outs and the ups and downs and the changes and the turnarounds of the NFL because we've been seeing the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows of the business. For that long, yes, and the business has bl- the the business has boomed, blown. The yeah, business sorry. has blown. blown up. Yeah, blown up. The business has blown up, but sometimes the product has suffered. And I caught that comment. This is where we went to break. I caught that mm-hmm. comment of. Except for Dallas and New England, which was terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was. except for, what was the other game? I for- uh, well, well, you could put, uh, you could put. Well, you could put any other Seahawks. game in that, in that blank. Yeah. Well, you did put the Steelers and Seahawks. That Steelers was- and Seahawks, that went overtime. Mm-hmm. There were three overtime games. And mm-hmm. the other one was Minnesota and Carolina. That is the other one. Yeah. Minnesota, Minnesota and Carolina. And I didn't have Mick Mixon on last week. But I will have them on this week. I got very, very, I got very, very ill. Y'all know I'm fighting cancer and I'm kicking it in the ass, hopefully by Christmas. First of all, who was smoking when they made that comment? <laughs> you know, it, it was funny. See, I had, I had to take it the way I took it because I didn't <laughs> want to go the other route and say, what the heck were they watching? But I, <laughs> you didn't want to go the other route. I didn't either, but. The hell with it. Who was smoking when they when they wrote that? Yeah. Because you, to me, the thing is, okay, so you might have had a few blowouts, but you know what? There were some good performances. Yes. Lamar Jackson. Thank you. Okay. You know. And this, when we get to our game reviews, I'm going to dive in this a little bit deeper, but Lamar Jackson continues to make a liar out of me. Five in a row, and the performance he had against one of the best defenses in the NFL – in the San Diego Chargers? Yes, I know they're Los Angeles, but for me, it's San Diego. I can't help it. <laughs> so, well, I, Lamar Jackson's performance was substandard. So, Aaron Rodgers was a little substandard, playing the Bears and taunted the Bears. Okay? <laughs> so, Ben Roethlisberger rallying his team after they trailed late was substandard on Sunday Night Football. Okay, you, you all that all that substandard. Mahomes bouncing back after two first half interceptions and his team trailing 13-10 at the halftime to the Redskins, and that substandard. And we're talking to, we're talking about MVPs here, folks. Mm-hmm. We're talking about MVPs here. 
I, 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 I know you were trying to be objective, and I love you for that. But you know how this show rolls. <laughs> Who in the vital blue hell was smoking when they made that comment? <laughs> huh? <sighs> See, See, this is why I wanted to come back with this subject because I know you caught it. I, I mm-hmm. we caught the same we we caught the same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But sorry, 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 sorry. You, you have this is this is why I'm not the biggest fan of sports fan today because it, their 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 focus is in the wrong spot. Can you preach? <laughs> You know, it, can you preach? It, it, you know, when we were growing up, it used to be about okay, if a if a person had a great performance, yes, we laud it, we praise it, definitely. Yep. But it was all it was more about okay, if the team does well, mm-hmm. you know, we laud the team. Yeah, yeah, laud the t- but, laud the team. Mm-hmm. But you know, but but because these quarterbacks can't throw. Uh, 25 for 30 for 300 yards, four touchdowns, with no interceptions. They have subpar games. If a uh, if, if a running back if a running back doesn't go off for 150 yards on 25 carries, he has a subpar game. If a wide receiver doesn't doesn't catch 115 or 120 yards on a, uh, on eight or nine receptions, they have a subpar game. If a pass rusher can't get four or they're, sacks. Or they're just subpar. subpar or they're just subpar. Period. Yeah. Or or, or they're or, just subpar. Period. Or it, you know, a whole year, if a cornerback doesn't get, if a cornerback doesn't get uh, fifteen interceptions. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you, Lester Hayes. Then that, yes, then sir. It's, then it's a yes, subpar. <laughs> then he had a subpar year, and the thing Lester is, Lester Hayes, Leslie Frazier back in the game. <laughs> And the thing is, do I dare say Ronnie Lott? Hmm. Do I dare is, say one of your homeboys from Houston, Bubba McDowell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, hard hitter. That was a hard hitting safety there. But, but, but it just goes to show that the focus is on stats. And I'm like, okay, fine. If they come up with a great game, wonderful. You mentioned Lamar Jackson. He had a pedestrian game Sunday, stat-wise. Mm-hmm. Yep. He did. But you know, but you know what I saw? I saw a guy who controlled his troops and got his team to win the way it was supposed to win it. He he felt the flow of the team. They seemed to run rough shot over the Chargers, so they decided to say, "Okay, well, you know what? We're more men, and then we're going to punch him in the mouth." And he did so to the tune of two hundred yards on the ground. How am I going to hate um, Lamar Jackson's performance if he brought them a win? By 28 points over a very stout defense. And 34 points. 34 points. How can I crap on that? I, you know what I'm saying? I can't. I can't either. I saw the score, and I said, man, there's no there, there's no way I could, you know, I could crap on that because Lamar Jackson is the leader of that team. Lamar yeah. Jackson is doing what he needs to do to get his team wins. Lamar Jackson has so far made a liar out of me, and I'm admitting as such on this program. And I've done it the last three programs, especially the last Monday night. Mm-hmm. You mean and, to tell uh, me the last two drives, and he basically did what Vinny Testaverde did to the Dolphins in 2000, basically 200 yards in the fourth quarter in the air? 
and then get the win of the and get the win in overtime. Yeah, he showed me something in that game. He what have I said? Something. What have I always said on this show? And it doesn't matter the sport. Today's sports fan is obsessed with two things. Two things. Stars, Stars and stats. All about the statistics. All about that. You want a prime example? How about the 2019 NFC Championship? Who were all the eyes on? They were on Jimmy Garoppolo. Actually, they were on Jimmy Garoppolo and Aaron Rodgers because a lot of people thought Aaron Rodgers was just going to walk into San Francisco and run roughshod over him, and then Green Bay got introduced to Raheem Mostert. And Jimmy Garoppolo only had to throw the ball eight times in a conference title game. Wonderful game that you point out. And that explains to that explains my dilemma with with today's sports fans in, in the NFL realm here. So yeah, Rodgers is considered the most talented quarterback in NFL history, and he was he was going into that particular game on a roll. But you had on the Packers side a defense where you could run. Rough shot over them all day, but all people were focused on, like you said, was the the star studded QB in Rodgers and the and the and and the the Brady cast off in Garoppolo. The, the mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, you know, there's the, you know, this game is played by twenty two people at a time, not two. You know, and, and that is what is so frustrating to me. It's like um, know all of the people that's on the field, not just the one who's under center or the one who was a skill position player and they can actually hand, have the ball. You know, you know, know that, um, especially in the uh, NFC Championship game 2019, know that the San Francisco 49 up front Simply was just straight up bullies yep. to the Packers defensive front. Yep. And that the Packers defensive front seven didn't stand a chance in November and didn't stand a chance two months after. Nope. <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about. It's like the, look at the whole totality of the game, not just, you know, in, 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 well, in the case of the Chargers Ra- uh, Ravens, not just Justin Herbert for the Chargers and Lamar Jackson for the Ravens. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. And what else? I've always used my eyes when it came to game to sports and to games and to performances. I judge with my eyes, not by the numbers, because numbers can lie. Unlike what some people love to think. The LeBron Michael Jordan debate. Oh. The, the Kyrie-Stephen Curry debate. Oh, we can keep it in the football. Brady and Montana. This, yeah. <laughs> and if we can even keep it this year in football. Opening night's game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jack, wonderful, impressive performance. 400 yards in the air. And what happened? S- still came away with Took an the L. big, fat-ass L. Took yeah. a big, fat-ass L. All right. 
And here's where I point out a game that can be deceiving. And that game was in Cleveland. May as well start our NFL review right now. May as well start our NFL review right now. The Browns got a foot put in their ass. That was a blow whooping. <laughs> the Browns got taken out to the woodshed and downgraded, and they were politely downgraded to factory of sadness status. Oh, Again. That was a whooping. Kyler I Murray said, went mm-hmm. nuts. All right? The Arizona Cardinals went nuts. Led 20 uh, uh Murray 20 of 30, 229, four touchdowns, no picks. All right? Mm-mm-mm. Uh looking up what? all the looking up all the stats here. Y'all want me to use stats? I'll use stats, no problem. But I'm going to put it in the correct context. Baker Mayfield 19 of 28, 234, two touchdowns, one pick. Case Keenum got into the action, one for three for six yards. This game told me two things. One, the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield, as I correctly predicted, are going to start regressing. And yesterday was a big part of it. Big game in their house, and they got socked in the jaw. Now, the second part is going to upset a lot of Cardinal fans, but I'm still not impressed. Let me explain why I'm not impressed with the Arizona Cardinals. Go back to last week, shall we? Okay. The San Francisco 49ers ran for 164 yards against the Arizona defense that was supposedly one of the best in the league. Correct. And held the Cardinals to 17 points. Were it not for their own ineptitude and no to all you haters, I'm not afraid to call out what my own team does. They were very inept on offense, but still. Yeah, couldn't move the ball and score. They couldn't move the ball. They could not move the ball at all, and yet we're still within seven points Mm -hmm. of the supposed best team in the NFC West, which will get disproven later in the year. I digress. James Conner carried 16 times for 71 yards. Yeah. As a team... They ran this for just is what a, I loved. Huh? That, and that's what I love, how they rush as a team. As a team, 130-plus yards. Yes. Okay? Riddle me this, Batman. Mm-hmm. Why can't they do that against a beat-up 49er defense? Y'all want to make comparisons? I'll make a comparison, and I'll make a comparison. You can't you, – you, listen – the 49ers are beat up. They're getting littered with injuries again, but they had the week off this week. Indianapolis is next. And boy, I'm going to have fun Sunday night. Well, if the Cardinals are supposedly the best team in the NFC West, which I still don't buy because I go off of what my eyes tell me, why? And mo- and, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no I was going to say, and, and most people still don't. Yeah. But, yeah, go ahead. If the Cardinals team in the NFC West. And I still don't buy that because I go off of what my eyes tell me. Then please tell me, why did they lean on Kyler Murray to do basically everything against the best defense in the NFL? Have you an answer for me, Sean? Uh, yes. Normally, when you put 
such the onus on your quarterback to be your passing game and your running game. That normally tells me that you do not have trust in your running game or the defensive front four is a bit of a problem for you Mm -hmm. or it's a combination of those two. And I would dare say and dare submit to you, sir, your answer is unlike yesterday's game against the Browns, the Cardinals seem to fear the front four of the 49ers defense. And it's understandable because that front four is rather physical. Yep. And, and on top of it, when they try to put it in the, the legs of Murray along with his, along with his arm, mm-hmm. he got corralled. And <laughs> he rarely ever gets corralled. But San Francisco game, sacked him four times. Mm-hmm. Four it is times. Rare he gets, it is rare he gets corralled. So to me, when they have their matchup against San Francisco, I'm thinking, oh, it's just, I'm sorry, my bad. Santa Clara, since they don't play a candlestick <laughs> anymore. Uh, see more of the same, and I can, I, I can, I, and I can picture probably the 49ers offense being a little bit more capable of driving and moving the ball. You know, because yeah, you know, in, in my estimation, they, they, I think the Cardinals' defense. How can I put it? They're like the Bills defense back in the early 90s where they basically Mm -hmm. was like, bend but don't break. Right. You'll be able to move the ball on us. You'll be able to – you can even run it a little bit on us and you can pass a little bit on us. But we don't really want you to score. Mm -hmm. We're going to do everything possible to not allow you to score or make it tough for you to score. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I'm going to move to the Cowboy game against New England in which the Cowboys won. 35 to 29. Good game. I saw that. Great game. Great game. Mm -hmm. But I want to illustrate a point. You had a chance for a ton of rushing yards against New England. Please say this again. You had a chance for a ton of rushing yards against New England. Mm -hmm. Dak Prescott threw the ball 51 times. In a game where you were supposed to blow out New England, mm-hmm. Dak Prescott threw the ball 51 times. Yeah. And this is supposed to be a balanced offense? Then riddle me this. How come your two best running backs, one of which is Ezekiel – I'm just going to concentrate on Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott carried the ball 17 times for 69 yards. Average, four Point one. Four which point one. Which is the average you want your running backs to have. But why did he only carry the ball 17 times? Matter of fact, he had Ezekiel Elliott had a total of 24 touches in this game because he also caught yeah. seven for 50 yeah. yards. Mm-hmm. I understand wanting to get more use out of Elliott, which is what you should have been doing the entire time. Yeah, he's only the best offensive player on the team. Can you say that again, please? <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott, number can 21 you say for the Cowboys. That again, can you say he's that again all, for me, please? 
He is only their best off. Only the Cowboys' best offensive player on the team. What have I sell, What have I often asked about the Cowboys? Why don't they use don't their they best? Use their best player more. Yeah. Why don't they use their best weapon? And it almost came back to bite them in this game. Yes, it did. Because the Patriots had the lead. Mm-hmm. Now, kudos to Dak Prescott for getting them the tying field goal and the winning points in overtime, but you should not. If you're no such question. a balanced offense, by the, t- by the time Thanksgiving gets here, Dak Prescott is going to be worn out. Oh, man, I hope not. But I think you, I think you might be right. I hope that to not be the case. I really hope that to not be the case. But, but by I'm the glad. time Thanksgiving gets here, Dak Prescott is going to have a rubber arm. Man, I'm glad you're looking at this the way I do. Because even if I was a Cowboys fan, I'd be happy that he won the game, obviously. But I would look at the fact that they threw the ball 51 times and only ran it 31. And I'm thinking, come on, man. You had the chance to dominate this team in the trenches, and you chose not to. Uh, who's the coach? I, 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 just, I, I don't understand that. You had the chance to dominate the Patriots in the trenches. You chose not to yep. because it looked pretty, and you wanted to throw more. And because of it, you let a team that supposedly is inferior to you in the game to the point where they led with under two minutes to go in regulation. And if it wasn't for an intercession by Trayvon Diggs, you wouldn't have had the, what happened after that. Because your field goal kicker, who was 10 for 10 after the, the, the debacle of misses in Tampa, missed a field goal for 51 yards. Why? To, <laughs> and, Why? And, what, and, and, it wasn't, and it wasn't even close. Mm-mm. Which if if which if the Patriots were if, if this is why I will invoke a Tom Brady reference here. If the Patriots had Tom Brady, if this was two years ago and they had Tom Brady, the final score would have been what uh what was it? Uh twenty three twenty one. Yeah. Patriots. Because he would have run out the clock. Would exhaust the Cowboys their timeouts, would have gotten a couple of first downs they needed, and would have killed the clock. But just something Dak Prescott has not learned yet. Which is something Mike McCarthy doesn't trust. Which is something. There, that's, there you go right there. Mike McCarthy. Oh, I'll say it again before we go to break. Mike McCarthy doesn't trust Dak Prescott. Mike McCarthy doesn't trust his offense. And before we go to break, I'm going to make you so happy by saying Mike McCarthy doesn't trust Ezekiel Elliott. Ding, 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 ding. He surely does not. And that is my that has been my number one issue with McCarthy, even when he was a Packers head coach. That is my issue with him as a Cowboys head coach now. We got more NFL stuff as we head to hour two in 120 seconds. This is Snowman in the Morning, the late morning edition. Back in a minute.
At King's Bend Builders Group, we believe the house selling process should be easier, faster, and more painless for North Carolina home sellers. If you're serious about selling your house in North Carolina, we're ready to give you a fair cash offer. Also, when we buy your house directly from you, we buy as is. You walk away without having to do any repairs. We'll even clean out the property for you. It's that easy and that convenient. Get a fair cash offer from a trusted local cash home buyer to sell on the date that you pick. No realtors, no fees, no commissions. Call or text us today at 704-448-3179. That's 704-448-3179. Kingsman Builders Group, building with royalty. This is Mario Andretti. You know me as a race car driver, but I'm also a Meals on Wheels volunteer. I've raced against the sport's biggest personalities, but I've never met more vibrant, amazing people than the seniors served by Meals on Wheels. As a volunteer, you deliver a hot, nutritious meal and a friendly hello to someone just like your mother, grandfather, or next door neighbor. Hitting the wrong buttons. I'm sorry about that. Cole Johnson joining me here as we start hour two. Jay Spivey will come your way in about 15 minutes from now to talk some Carolina football, and the Panthers are a mess. Yes. The, the the Panther. Matter of fact, you know what? I'm going to take another hundred. I'm going to take another hundred seconds to get Jay Spivey in on this conversation. So, folks, do me a favor. Stand by. And I'm going to get Jay Spivey in right now because this conversation needs to be had. Back in a moment. This is Mario Andretti. You know me as a race car driver, but I'm also a Meals on Wheels volunteer. I've raced against the sport's biggest personalities, but I've never met more vibrant, amazing people than the seniors served by Meals on Wheels. As a volunteer, you deliver a hot, nutritious meal and a friendly hello to someone just like your mother, grandfather, or next door neighbor. These seniors are inspiring people with incredible stories to share, and they love to see you. The smiles you get back are priceless. Delivering with Meals on Wheels is easy, and you don't have to drive like me for it to be quick. You can volunteer your lunch break once a week or just once a month. With one in six seniors facing hunger and many more living in isolation, your lunch break can make a real difference. So America, let's do lunch. Volunteer your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Mister, how do you operate this Twitter thing or this Instagram thing or whatever the heck? You're supposed to know all this stuff. Anyway, welcome back to the show. I'm back. I had to take an extra 100 seconds here because I decided... Not only do I have Cole Johnson on the line, but I want y'all to help me welcome Jay Spivey. He joins me every Monday, and we're going to dig into some Spivey notes. Jay, what's going on, brother? Doing well, Brian. How about yourself? Doing good. <laughs> Gentlemen, I think you will agree with my next statement. 
The Carolina Panthers are a mess. Oh, boy. <laughs> and, Jay, you and I have talked about this several hundred times. But what happened before this game against Minnesota about one Mr. Christian McCaffrey? Well, uh, it seems like I'm beating a dead horse, but, you know, the way they them the last two or three years and they just beaten him to a pulp and they rely on him, it seems like 90% of the time, even though I know it's not that much. But, you know, there's a point in the NFL or pretty much any level of football, but especially in the NFL, but if you if you use as much as he is, you're going to get hurt. And apparently, you know, like you and I were talking about for the weekend or there through texting, he's damaged goods right now. He is. And they signed him to that mega contract. Cole, let me get your thoughts on this. They signed him to that mega contract after that 1,000-1,000 season. And, Jay, I said this to you over the weekend. And, Cole, I know I've mentioned this to you. Since that 1,000-1,000 season, unlike Marshall Falk, unlike Roger Craig, McCaffrey has just not delivered, period. And and here's why that he hasn't delivered. And, and Jay, you can you, you can – Correct me if I'm wrong. You see, unlike Craig and unlike Falk, McCaffrey is the whole Panthers offense. And if uh, and if McCaffrey's and if McCaffrey is neutralized, pretty much the whole rest of the team is neutralized. And when you have the you have the running back have that much weight on his shoulders, unfortunately, with that workload. Damaged goods is a really good word, a good phrase, because it applies here. You're going to run that product down. And unfortunately, with McCaffrey, that is what's happening. He has taken, he has shouldered on the burden of all the offense, and quite frankly, shouldered all the burden of the defense, too, because if he's rolling, that means the defense is not on the field as much. And when you have that much weight, something's going to, something's going to break. Something's bound to break. And, of course, and of course we're, we have seen it <laughs> earlier this year with McCaffrey going out I mean, and being out for a while. And that's, and that's what's so heartbreaking about it because I love how McCaffrey attacks football. I love how he, I love how he plays. Love well, how he plays. I, I'm totally with you, and you're 100% right about what you said. But, you know, when, you, when he is basically, like you said, the sole offense, you, you have to diver- diversify. What happened to this genius yes. that Matt, Matt Rule and Joe Brady were? I mean – you know, they came mm-hmm. with the super hoopla, and, you know, they haven't shown you other than to use to run McCaffrey into the ground. And the scary is it, part is, gentlemen. Is it like uh, when Brady was at LSU? I mean, yep. I mean, is, is he solely dependent on, on uh, Joe Burrow and Christian McCaffrey? Well, Joe, well, Joe Brady had a ton of offensive weapons at LSU, and, Jay, you said it so eloquently two years ago. He doesn't have them now. He's never had them in Carolina. No. Ever. No. And the, no. the, 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 the scary part the, the scary part is the apologists, and I, I gotta say it this way, I take Mick Mixon out of the equation because he tells it like it is when he calls the game. The apologists for the Carolina Panthers will continue to run into the ground that they need McCaffrey and need Matt Rule and need Joe Brady. And I'm sorry to say this. 
that ain't the case. It hasn't been the case since that thousand thousand season. And, and here's the funny thing. Now, and now in today's game, we see these bright minds. I mean, because, you know, Matt Ruley came from Baylor. Of course, he yep. had a wide open offense. Yes. You know, Joe Brady, wide open offense, get, uh, uh, was the, the one responsible for, supposedly responsible, for LSU getting their national championship in 2019. Mm-hmm. But I think you said it best, Brian. It, <laughs> the, the Panthers do not have Burrow. They do not have Jamar Chase. They do not have Justin Jefferson. Right. They don't have that type of stack lineup of talent. And they don't have uh, 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 Clyde Edwards-Hilaire either. So Thank you. That Thank was probably the most talented offensive color team ever. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So maybe that masks some of uh, uh, Joe Brady's flaws in terms of calling a game. Yes. Because, you know, he so, don't have the, yeah. because he doesn't have the talent to mask those flaws, like you said. And, mm-hmm. Jay, let me come to you. Man... We talked about this on draft night, and Cole and I have had conversations about this also. So I'm I'm including everybody, but I'm coming to Jay first. What were the first two positions on offense that the Panthers should have went after in the draft, Jay? Offensive and wide receiver, and they yep. went after neither. And went after neither, and they ah, had man. two of each available. The receivers were from heart, Alabama. Jay. The receivers were from <laughs> Alabama: Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. And passed on both of them. They passed on both of them. They had Panay Sewell out of Oregon. They had Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. And passed on both of them. And I'll never forget, when they passed on both of those and both the receivers, Jay just sent me a message that said, "Uh uh-oh. Because you pretty much knew, um, stick with Jay here for a moment, Jay, we pretty much knew how this was going to turn out. Yeah, they started 3-0, but then they faced the Cowboys, the debacle with the Eagles and the debacle with the Vikings, even though they came back and tied that game. Well, like, Brian, like, Brian, like you and I were talking about last week with the schedule. I mean, they have a very favorable schedule, and yep. they've lost the games of the schedule. Mm-hmm. They had a seven or eight game stretch where they could have won easily six or seven of those games, and they've lost the first two. Yep. I mean, you can't do that. You can't lose at home to the Eagles and the, to the Eagles and the Vikings. You can't do that. And you had control of the Eagles game. Absolutely. And they, they, had, a, they had control of most of the Vikings game. Yeah. They had mm-hmm. control of the Vikings game, and they had control of the Eagles game, and they coughed up both of them. They coughed up both of them. And thinking Sam Darnold was the answer, Jay was the first one to come to me, folks, and say, I don't know about this. Well, if you look at the last two games worth the game tape, you're getting your answer. Well, he's got no. I mean, again, everybody's talking about their receivers. You know, again, a thousand yard receiver is not that big of a deal in the NFL when you're playing 16, 17 games a year. Right. It's just not. So you need some talent around these guys. I mean, neither neither of their receivers is what I consider a number one player. Exactly. Robbie Anderson's not a number one, and, and DJ Moore's not a number one. And Robbie Anderson has been nope. dropping passes like flies. He was, I mean, goodness gracious, was he even there yesterday? He just dropped he really, balls. In. He really went. DJ Moore had more of an impact in the fourth qu- in the game than than Robbie Anderson did, and they're trying oh to. And Jay, they're trying wow. to make Robbie Anderson a wide receiver one, like they tried to do it in New York, and he's not. No, 
He's definitely not. He's simply not a wide receiver one up. You know what they comp- You know what they had, and I'm gonna get a laugh out of Cole for this one because someone brought this to me. Hey, I may get a laugh out of both these guys. You know who they compared Robbie Anderson to? You know who some of these social justice media warriors who think they know football compared Robbie Anderson to? Does the name Debo Samuel mean anything to you? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. At uh, least Debo had... Samuel comes to play. At least Debo Samuel holds on to the football. At least you can use Debo Samuel in the offense. Okay. Uh, who thought? <laughs> who thought that when they saw Jets tape of Robbie Anderson that he would be number one wide receiver material coming into Charlotte? Who? Who thought this? I, mean, I can tell you, it wasn't really... J, it wasn't JRI when that yeah. transaction was compared, made. Compared to what the Panthers had before Robbie Anderson, he's okay. Yeah, but he's, <laughs> he's not a superstar. He's not. No, he's not. You one hundred percent, Jay. He's not. And I had to look. I'm seeing to myself. I see three receptions. The dude was targeted twelve times. I mean, 12, eleven times in the game. I'm like, yep. wow. Eleven okay. targets, and he only caught three of them. He dropped four. Yeah. He dropped four. Two of them came in the fourth quarter. I mean, that speaks volumes where, where you know, John Fellow was doing the game. And, you know, it, it speaks volumes where, where a former NFL player really calls you out multiple times during a broadcast. Yes. And he yes. did. Yes, yeah. he did. Like he was asleep during the game. <laughs> it looked like he was. <laughs> it looked like he was. Jay Spivey joining the conversation as we dig into our Spivey notes for Carolina Panthers football, and it's a mess. It's a mess, to say the least. Now, Chuba Hubbard is going to get his carries. I know that. Mm-hmm. Chuba, First of all, Chuba Hubbard ain't Christian McCaffrey, which is good and bad news. And second of all, Jay, I want you to have the floor on this one. That offensive line is porous once again. Well, like you were just talking about a few minutes ago, they didn't address the needs they they did. Nope. You know, they went to Horn. Then they traded Dan Arnold for for some unknown reason for mm-hmm. for a defensive back with the Jaguars. I mean, obviously they needed somebody with the injuries they had, but still, you trade Dan Arnold, who you know in this day and age of the NFL, you have to have a tight end. They you don't must. really have a tight end, and, and I, they goofed I, it up. Do. They goofed it up. This is crazy. Oh, boy. And, and now they go to New York to face the Giants. I think Wednesday I'll get McMixon on the line because I know um, either Thursday or Friday is going to be his travel day. So we'll, we'll work that out. But Jay Spivey joining the program as he does every Monday for Spivey Notes. You can catch all the Spivey Notes on the website at snowmaninthemorning.com. Jay a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for hopping on, as you always do. I appreciate it. Thank you to both of you. Both of you have a great week. Thank you. You too, Jay. Now you know why I love having Jay on the program. <laughs> so knowledgeable. Yeah. And, and he's correct. He, he knows so much about... He's one of the main people I kept when I pulled my show from... Tobacco Road Sports Radio, he was one of the first ones that came to me and said, I still want to stick around, him and Connor O'Neill. And I'm glad I kept him. But but, but that offensive line is torrid. It's, it's horrid. Well, I mean, look, 
you give up four sacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 the brain trust barely wants to run. Let's be let's be honest. They barely wanted to run against the Vikings yesterday. Yep. And normally, when you barely want to run, and your quarterback's running for his life, chances are that front five is not cutting the mustard. Is is yeah? Chances are the defensive front is going to get home. Yes, and it'll Ch- get home get home many different times <laughs> in almost many different ways against a porous offensive line. Unfortunately, like the Panthers are now. And I saw this in their first game against the Jets. You barely beat, and I, I, I pointed this out in the first hour against uh, with uh, the 49ers and the Cardinals, okay? You're facing a team littered with injuries, and you only get 17 points on them. The Panthers are facing the New York Jets, who have had a ton of problems in the past five years, and they only beat them 19 to 14. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the funny thing is, if you remember the coverage of, of the Panthers, they were all happy about yes. how Sam Darnold looked like he has escaped the 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 stench of of uh, new uh, of the New York Jets, and mm-hmm. then he looks like he's a refreshed and renewed quarterback now. Yeah, and we fast forward five weeks, he puts up a performance that is absolutely putrid, to say the least. To say the least, it's putrid. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's it's simple and plain to me. Mm-hmm. When you when you rely on one talent to make sure that everything else works, you better hope that one talent is Superman, or has vibranium in his blood, <laughs> yep. or is impervious to any type of injury. Because once he goes down. Everything else falls with him. And it's not going to be just Christian McCaffrey that's going to that's that's going through it right now. Kyler Murray is going through it. I'm sorry, Arizona may be defeated, but Kyler Murray is being leaned on a lot. What, well, here, here's here's the fun thing about this. Stephen A. Smith actually has said, you know, uh, it's I'm taking a wait and see approach with the Cardinals because six and three last year were the Cardinals, and then they went and they sunk like a rock. Mm-hmm. And why did they do that? Well, it was because number one <laughs> was relied on so much. Yeah. And you remember, for him to get the six or three, it took a Hail Murray to or, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Or or fifty yard Hail Mary pass from Murray to Hopkins just to even win that game. Yeah. Cause they should have lost that. Yeah, that should have been an L. That should have been that that should have been an L. And I got Dave Pash's call of that. I'll use that later. Later in the week, and I love listening to Dave Pash uh, do his thing for either for the Cardinals or for for ESPN. The second, the other one of the other teams I want to look at that's going to fall, that's going to sink like a sink like a battleship, the Dallas Cowboys. Why? Dak Prescott, and I'm not saying you know, Dak Prescott is bereft of talent. I'm he saying he's getting is. used too damn much. Here's the problem I have with the whole the whole team as constructed. McCarthy relies too much on Dak, and that defense. And I, and I keep hearing a lot of people, especially Cowboys fans, saying, "Well, you say the defense is not all that great. I mean, heck, they're middle of the road, and they have a balanced offense. They go top five offense. They're middle of the road defensively, and they get takeaways." I'm like, okay, the takeaways are good. 
I'm not saying that's bad or wrong. I, right. That's good. I'm glad that the defense is forward-thinking and wanting to get the ball for their offense as many times as possible. Mm-hmm. Good. But there comes a time when you get those takeaways and either it doesn't get turned into points or you don't get the takeaways at all and you have to stop the team that's in front of them. You have to get some three and outs. You have to yeah. get – you got to stop them from not – I'm sorry. Did you say you three and outs? Did yes. you say three and outs? Yes. You got to force some three and outs. You got to force the team to punt and not get within field goal range. You got to do that every now and then so that it isn't stressed on you to either turn the offense over or submit points. Yep. Because right now, when I look at the Cowboys defense, that pretty much is it. Okay, well, they're going to score on us if we don't get the ball for offense. Exactly. And to me, that is a bigger sense of a downfall mm-hmm. than even with Dak Prescott. Because, yes, they are using him too much to my liking. 30 passes, maybe 35 at the most, but you have to utilize. Now you got Pottled along with along with Elliott. Yep. you got to utilize those two. You've got to utilize those two because that will help your defense and that will surely help Dak. It sure will. And Go back to 2019. I'll compare this with every what everyone thinks with uh, uh, Garoppolo. You know the most passes Garoppolo threw in a game? 45. That was against the Arizona Cardinals, and that was when he didn't have George Kittle. That's when he didn't uh, have part of a running game because Arizona sped the game up. With part of That's part I love of Arizona, but the most passes that Garoppolo's thrown in a game in his San Francisco career is 45 because he's had a running game behind him. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's the need to throw that many times? I and it was like what Jay said about it's like what uh it's like what Jay said about a, a thousand yard receiver. He's correct. Yeah, you, know, you got six, you got sixteen now seventeen games to get a thousand yards, and not only that, now you have teams that throw at least forty times a game. So there's more opportunity. Kyler Murray, for more, Dak Prescott, yeah. Josh Allen. So now there's more opportunity for a. a, a a wide receiver, a tight end, and we just talked about Christian McCaffrey, or even a running back, mm-hmm. to amass a thousand yards in the air. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. thousand yards receiving. Yeah. So, uh, I just the ones that people want to elevate. The 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 ones that people want to elevate because of the stats pump the brakes, and the ones that you want to write off, and yes, that is very personal to me. Pump the brakes there too. Like we're going to pump the brakes here for 120 seconds. Got some more stuff for you. Stick around. It's the Manic Monday edition of Snowman in the Morning with Cole Johnson riding shotgun. Back after this. Excuse me. I know you have a nine o'clock, so I'll keep this short. I'm the business suit. This is Snowman in the Morning. Thank you to Jay Spivey for joining me this morning and also to my co-pilot, Cole Johnson, that man in charge of Cole Sports. We're gonna, let, let's go off the board here. How'd you come up with that? 
What the the name? The cult? Yes, yes. Well, <laughs> I always tell this story whenever I'm asked. So, uh, my wife, who happens to also, well, she's not in the business now, who happens to actually have communications, just running through her pores, was doing a radio show at the time, and she asked me, "Well, you know what? Uh, I I need to see you for something." I'm like, okay, <laughs> and so. I walk over to her and we started talking. She said, you know, you you talk about sports. You definitely know about it. You definitely watch enough of it. You know, why don't you actually turn that into a vehicle? Why don't you say something about it? Talk about sports. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't have the platform. She says, well, you now have one. So... In my show, I will give you two minutes to talk about whatever you want from sports. It doesn't matter. I said anything. It, 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 anything. It, it could be, I mean, you want anything in particular. So, and this is all about 10 years ago. So, you mean, uh, you want me to talk about you know, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, uh, what the, the NFL players, because this was around January. Yes. So she said, no, anything you want. You could talk about anything you so desire. I'm like, okay. But you have 30 minutes to come up with this two-minute segment. And your time starts now. I'm like, wow, okay. So I get busy. You know, I'm writing, I'm writing some stuff down. I jot a few things, and I have some bullet points. And after the 30 minutes was up, true to form, she said, okay, here you go. So she slides the mic in my direction. And she said, I'm pressing record. You can say whatever you want sports-wise. So go ahead. So when she hit record and nodded to me, I went off. And I can't remember what I talked about, but I do know I had, um, since it was the NFL playoffs at the time, because it was a wild card weekend. Right. I did, you know, I did talk a little bit about those four games a little bit, because it was four games, not mm-hmm. six as it is now. Right. And I mentioned a little bit of, I mentioned a little bit of LeBron, but not a lot. <laughs> and so... But I don't remember exactly what I said, but at the end is what I do remember. So I said, I'm Cole Johnson, and this is Cole Sports. <laughs> the moment it came out of my mouth, my wife's eyes got huge. They were like saucers. <laughs> and she says, where did you learn to do that? How did you learn to do that? Wow, what is that? I had no clue you had that in you. Oh my gosh, that is a hook. I can't believe it is that's a the hook. name of your show. That's the name of your show. That's every time you are on this mic, I don't care what you're doing. Kyle Sides, do that. Do that. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, people are gonna think I'm vain that I'm naming my show after my own name, but okay. <laughs> All right. Cold sports it is. So that's what it so it was born then. But it took me four years to even get it off the ground. Understood. Understood. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was. Um, yeah, gosh, that was almost ten years ago. If this January it would be ten years, so wow. it was January two thousand twelve, and fast forward to January two thousand sixteen. That was the first show, and you know, I was, and then I felt it was like okay, oh, and it, was, it, it came from a board. I really don't have anything to do. Might as well just simply get my. Uh, Get my phone, yep. press record, and just speak. Yep. And I did. <laughs> and what got and me hooked me. on Cole Sports was an episode he put on YouTube when um, 
DeMarcus Cousins signed with the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. And the segment that got me not only hooked on your show, but had me cracking up laughing was when you did the email to today's NBA fan. I'm going to try my best to do an impression, but it went something like email NBA fan. Subject of email free. I must have laughed for an hour when I heard that. I mean, I was cracking up laughing and I listened to the remainder of the of the of the show. And you're absolutely right with all your points. But just that right there. Subject of female free. <laughs> I mean, think, think about this, man. So <laughs> you're a player. You have the pick. You have the pick of wherever you want to go. Yes. And people are uh, people are whining and convetching and complaining about. Well, you want to sign with the best team in the league. Wait a minute. Well, how, how did you put it in that? Crap. How did you put it in that segment? But NBA fan is crying foul. Mm-hmm. NBA fan is crying foul, and they're like, still crying foul, and still crying foul because because they're saying they give you. Thinking with these whack, crappy things such as, oh, this team is no fair. They're stacking the deck. They're making it unfair so, for us the league. They're buying their championship. I'm like, I hope they are. Yes. Doesn't I every team they, buy a championship? Thank you. Or I buy a chance to compete for a championship? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you want to go there, if you want to go there, the first Set of folk you should be mad at is the Boston Celtics. Yeah, because they modeled it. They modeled everybody it. Everybody else, what I mean, they started this way back in the sixties, and it has been modeled ever since. Ever since, the first and, two and, teams and, you need to blame are the Boston Celtics and the and the Los Boston, Angeles Boston, Lakers. Lakers. Mm-hmm. Not this version, dear God. No, no. no. But Not this ver- I, we'll we'll talk more about that in the next segment. But mm-hmm. damn it, the Celtics and Lakers started it, mm-hmm. and then the it's Bulls a- came along, then the Spurs mm-hmm. came along, and the Warriors came along. Really, y'all gonna I mean, get my, mad because teams are buying a championship? I mean, isn't that what they're supposed to do? My thought is, okay, this is the NBA, so th- th- this is a professional league. So, these players get paid a salary, correct? Mm-hmm. So if they get paid. A, so if they get paid a salary. That means the team that they're playing for is buying a championship, basically, because they're paying the players. <laughs> they're paying the players to get them one. So <laughs> they're, pay, they're paying the players. What the hell's the problem? <laughs> oh god! So it, you would think it, these. It, it, you would think these fans would actually. Wait a minute. I said I, hmm. I cussed. I said a five-letter oh, word. Think. Yes, that's the <laughs> word. That's the word. You would think they would understand how this works. Same with the NFL. Same with the NHL. Same with Major League Baseball. Okay, when you see your team win a championship, mm-hmm. all right, wouldn't you think that uh, everybody got paid on that team to do yes. their job? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do I mention, I'm going to make, yes, I'm going to make this personal. People don't like it, but oh well. 
Dr. K gives me the thumbs up. How about when the White Sox acquired Jermaine Dye in 2005? Or before, I should say, before the 2005 season. Mm -hmm. And Carl Everett. And re-signed Joe Creedy. And brought up Aaron Rowan. Or Rowan was already on the club. I mean, good moves. Yeah. Good moves. Each one of them brought them a championship, brought them a World Series championship. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, I, that's I mean, what it's about. Oh, you, you know what? I forgot the main piece. Scott Pitsednik. Yeah. That's what it's about. <laughs> that's what it's about. You know, so, so, you know, when I was when I was trying to find my way into this sports sphere and, 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 and trying to understand, well, what what type of voice do I want to have or need to have? Yeah. And I started to see those types of wrong types of thinking. And I was like, oh, okay, I know what I have to do. I'm going to have to unfortunately educate some of these people because they just think so far gone and wrong. They're just strong and wrong. I mean, so many of them. And it seems like now there's more of them since yes. I started six years ago that are, that are stronger and more wrong now. I'm yes. Like, Gosh, this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Dear God, yes. Dear God, yes. You and I have talked about this off the air. A hundred thousand times, and the folks that think the way that they think the way that they think would try to throw stats at us. We mentioned this earlier in the program. They would Please. try to throw stats at us. And here is the prime example: Brady versus Montana. It's a football Monday. Oh, Let's keep it with football. Brady versus Montana. Everybody wants to, excuse me, crown Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time. Wrong. No, well, but, I don't but buy that. I don't, I don't buy the argument. So I, okay, but he has to be because he has <laughs> seven championships, and 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 Montana only has four. I mean, Brady went to ten Super Bowls. Montana only went to four. So seven four. Come on, Brainiac, you should know seven is greater than four. How many times you heard that argument? I borrow from you, my friend. I had a conversation with a Bradyite. <laughs> you got brown sexuals. I got Bradyites. You got Bradyites. <laughs> <laughs> oh, laid on me. I had a conversation with a Bradyite who used that particular argument. Oh, Lord. And I said, I can end this conversation in 30 seconds. And he says, how? You can't convince me that Montana's greater than Grady. Yes, I can. By using, you want to use stats? I'll throw you two of them. That will eviscerate and erase your argument. He said, all right, what you got? Montana threw no interceptions in the Super Bowl. Montana also did not lose in the Super Bowl. That's right. You want a bonus stat? How about this? As much as people want to celebrate Brady having five Super Bowl MVPs, okay, Who was the first player to get three? That would be Joe Montana. Exactly. 16, 20, 16, 19, and 24. And 24. And man. The one in 24. Yeah. Did he shot on that one? Woo. I told this story on the air, and I told you, and uh, I told my wife this one. I, I I was so confident in the 49ers in 89 
that when they eviscerated the Rams 30 to 3, I walked past my mother and I said, Mom, Denver is going to get killed. Dad just walked up and gave me a hug. He just started laughing. My cousin calls and my mom hands me the phone and he said, does Denver have a chance? Hell no. He dropped the phone and started laughing, picked up the phone. And this is when the phone was in one spot in the house. Of course. That had the long cord that you could try to take it anywhere, but you couldn't. Right. My mother heard that and went, what? You don't think Denver will win the mom? They're going to get killed. My cousin in my ear asked, why do you why do you believe that? Well, look at them. Look at the 49ers. Yeah. 55 to 10. And, and, and the game wasn't even that close. The, the game wasn't even that close. The game was over when Montana hit his first touchdown pass to Jerry Rice. It was over after that. And I sent my cousin a package. that had a little Bible in it. And on the back, I wrote a message. Did you look at him? <laughs> That was a clinic. I mean, you will never see uh, the closest Super Bowl clinic to that was Steve, was Steve Young's performance. Yeah, that also was yeah, so twenty nine. That, that also was a clinic. That was a that that was a clinic, and mm-hmm. and Young threw six touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. Young man. threw six touchdown passes, but man, the evisceration Montana did against the Broncos. On my mother's birthday, January 28, 1990. I don't think I've ever seen an offense in a big game like that operate so technically sound like that ever. And that includes Super Bowl 29. I don't think yeah. I've ever seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still think of both because they're my 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, the, the one in 29 was the one twenty nine was awesome, too. There's no question about that. I'll never forget a, a story I watched on a, on, on a documentary uh, or on a game tape. Steve Young was talking about um, Mike Shanahan, the offensive coordinator at the time, saying, let's go through all the checks, and it was getting late. So Shanahan quizzed him. Steve Young responded, and then Shanahan said, wait, one more time. Quizzed him again, did all the checks, and Mike Shanahan said, we're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. No, not, nothing else necessary. It's I mean, even even <laughs> Dion, even Dion Sanders was on the team at the time. Said that we were going to get, we want to kill San Diego by twenty. Th- th- that came out of his mouth. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I'll share, I'll share a Super Bowl story concerning that game. And plus, we're going to wrap this up with a little bit of NBA chatter when we get back. Second hour, of Snowman of the Morning continues in a flash. Are you over 50? Would you like to? Mister, how do you operate this Twitter thing or this Instagram thing or whatever the heck? You're supposed to know all this stuff. 
It was so funny as we welcome you back to the program with Cole Johnson riding shotgun with me on Snowman in the Morning. It was so funny when someone recognized my wife's voice when she did my when she did my voiceovers. And I always would like catch her saying saying something crazy. And I said, I have to use that. And the first time that happened is when I did the, the the intro and outro for the Snowman in the Morning podcast, which she will do again. And we were watching the Saints and the Vikings two years ago. And the play that got erased, which was uh, Vikings fumble, Saints pick it up. Someone got touched down by contact, but um, the player who picked it up, I think it was Malcolm Jenkins, raced all the way to the end zone. And my wife blurts out, insanity ensues. I fell out laughing. I looked at her and I said, honey, I've got to have that sound bite. She says, what? I said, i got to have insanity ensues. You're really going to use that, aren't you? Yep. What can I say? (laughs) (laughs) Tonight, it's the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. Make your pick right now. I'm picking the Buffalo Bills. In Tennessee, to get the win in Tennessee, I love you, King Harry, but I think Josh Allen is really going to show out. Bills and Titans, ESPN has the television call. Westwood One has the radio call. And for those of you that listen to Sirius XM, uh, you can find the Bills or Titans radio channel. And I love Sirius XM. I'm going to endorse Sirius XM. Sirius XM is is the radio listening partner of Snowman in the Morning. This is where I catch all my favorite games and my favorite play-by-play announcers. Go to SiriusXM.com or uh, download the SiriusXM app on your phone to catch all your favorite games. Now, as we come down the stretch here, the NBA starts tomorrow. Oh. I might be drinking because of the games they have scheduled. Well, well, you have to understand. (laughs) They want to go after all of the all of the fandom. I know that, Mm -hmm. but I still don't like the schedule, man. Well, well, at least well, well, at least you have your Warriors playing on opening night. But that game's going to be so damn boring because the Warriors are going to eviscerate the Lakers. I'm sorry. Did I say that aloud? And that's a bad thing? Not for me. No. Well, then what's the problem? It's the... It's the Laker fandom. (laughs) It's the Nets fandom. Oh yeah, they, that frightens the ever-loving daylights out of me. Yeah, they both can be a bit much. Yeah, you would think. How can I put this nicely? Don't. Okay, I won't. You would think they would actually learn about their teams, and not just the players on them. What? So you mean to tell me they have to have more fandom than just LeBron is my, my LeBron is my favorite player on the on, on the Lakers and Durant's my favorite player on the Nets? They got to do more than that. Yes. I mean, 
Here I go cussing again. Actually, do your research, people! <laughs> well, okay. On, on, the, on the brighter side of things, when we do have the, the matchup that, to me, was the best series in the playoffs to start to kick off the whole festivities Nets and of Bucks. the 2022 season. Right. The Nets and Bucks. And 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 definitely congratulations to the Bucks for winning their first championship in fifty yes. years. Yes, 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 uh, yes. And and I and 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 for mostly, I love the fact that the emergence of Giannis Antetokounmpo as a bona fide superstar NBA player was on display during the summer, and it made me happy to see that. I was so thrilled yeah. when he won. I was so thrilled I, when I, they won it all. I was too. I was too because I know that guy was like, "Man, I want to bring a championship to Milwaukee. I want to bring a championship to Milwaukee. I want to do it." And he was determined to do it, and he accomplished it. And I was so happy for him because of that, because it reminded me, and I know it reminded you too, of those old school players. Of this is the team that drafted me. I want to bring a chip. Yep. To the team that drafted me. And I mean, that's yet another the, reason the, why the I journey, love the guy. The the journey. Yeah. To the mm-hmm. championship with the team that that drafted you. I mean, who was more impatient than Michael Jordan? <laughs> okay, just about nobody. <laughs> who was more impatient than Michael Jordan? But showed the patience when Phil Jackson became the coach in nineteen ninety or nineteen eighty nine, rather, mm-hmm. and got MJ to trust his teammates. You know, because Phil told yeah. him, "If you want to win it all, you got to trust some people. Trust your team. Mm-hmm. You got to trust your, You got to trust your teammates." And I agree, and I was so happy when he won, when they mm-hmm. when they won it all on June twelfth, nineteen ninety one, in the forum. Everybody in Chicago exploded, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was and it was a wonderful feeling throughout all the NBA because it was the journey that we all saw that mm-hmm. started in. The spring of 1984 yes. culminated itself seven years later with a championship for the team for the team that drafted him, mm-hmm. and that he was so dogmatic and determined to bring that championship to the Bulls. And of course, he was also dogmatic in wanting to prove that he was the best player on the planet too, <laughs> which is cool. I had no yeah. problem with that. None, none here either. But he, 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 he proved had, but it. He had loyalty to him. Yep. And that is why I love Giannis as well. They, they, that's, yeah. And, 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 and of course, Durant, look, I'm a huge, I know you're a huge fan of Durant. I'm yes, a huge fan of Durant. I too. am. I am. Um, I mean, the, the guy, I mean, the talent definitely on off is through the roof. And when he wants to play defense, and he does, it's not that he decides to play defense, it's if he's get if his body's willing to play defense. Yes. He's pretty good on that side of the floor, too. Yep. So, you know, from that aspect, I'm loving this game. So am I. Now, now, (laughs) for the reason why you are sick to your stomach about these games, I invoke (laughs) the Rebel Without a Cause, a.k.a. (laughs) Uncle AWOL, a.k.a. a.k.a. the Woke People's Champ, a.k.a. Kyrie Irving. <laughs> and you can have the floor, sir, with that one. <laughs> he said the woke people's champ. 
which explains which explains it all. Which explains it all because he wasn't woke at Duke. He wasn't woke in Cleveland, although you should have been with everything that was going on with you and around you. You should have been woke when LeBron James showed up. You weren't. <laughs> and the bad part is he chooses now. <laughs> he chooses right before the start of the season. Even after finding out he won't be able to play because he doesn't follow the rules, and we'll leave it there. Mm-hmm. Even finding out that the Nets said, okay, you ain't going to follow the rules? We're not going to keep our bargain, which means you ain't getting an extension. Ha ha. Thank you. Thank you, Nets. And he still hasn't shown up. Now, there's a twist in this that I found out over the weekend, and I purposely saved it for today. And I know I'm going to save it for tomorrow when we do our NBA preview. God mm-hmm. help us. There is an electoral battle going on in the state of New York in which a I'm going to throw up Democratic mm-hmm. mayoral candidate if he's elected God help us may give Kyrie a boost into being allowed to play despite oh my god the ruler the ruler of New York yeah wokeness just got worse and I forgot the name of the mayoral candidate I just looked at it and I said I'm gonna keep the main point in my mind for today oh my god I d- I'm no, going to use moment. a phrase. Yeah. I, the, the mayoral candidate that is supposedly on his way to victory, which is going to help Kyrie get his money and be allowed to play basketball in New York. Jeez. In a joking fashion, I just say he just happens to be black. Uh, shot. No. No, I didn't think you would be. I'm no. Not either. I, I lived in a city for 40 plus years where the first mayor of Chicago was black and Harold Washington, who did a hell of a job for the city before his passing. Man, that name I haven't heard in a minute. People don't think I remember my history, family included. Oh, no. I know my history. Do you, do you know yours? Now, Kyrie, there's only one way I can do this, and I'll make it short since we're running out of time. Email NBA fan. CC Kyrie Irving's whereabouts. Oh, no. Subject of email. Who cares? (laughs) Body of email. That's pretty much true. So everyone wants to see Kyrie Irving play with the Brooklyn Mess or Nets. Yes. Free Kyrie. <laughs> Free Kyrie. Free Kyrie is the hashtag. 
There was a there was a post on Twitter that said Magic Johnson was allowed to play with full blown HIV and yet Kyrie cannot play because he can't get a vaccine. <laughs> I report as soon as he heard he had HIV. Come on. Oh, Lord. Sorry. Rewind to November 7th, 1991. <laughs> Magic Johnson said, quote, because of the HIV virus I have attained, I have to retire from the Lakers today. Close quote. You revicious history idiots. Come on, man. Really? Oh, God. <laughs> Let me repeat what I saw on Twitter in the midst of this email. And oh, I know I'm going to go I, I know I'm going to go over time but everybody oh, in the studio head. is laughing, okay? So oh, I'm going to go for it. Oh, my I'm going to go I, I'm going to go for it. People are like, "Man, go with it." There was a post on Twitter that said and it came from a blue check. Oh lord. That said Magic Johnson was allowed to play with full-blown HIV, and Kyrie Irving cannot, and yet Kyrie Irving cannot because he won't get a vaccine. Good Lord. <laughs> I want to let that marinate for about 30 seconds before Thank I respond. Thank you for my laugh. I needed that. I, I knew you'd. I, I, look, folks, it's true. I'll put it on the website when I find it. It's the truth. I saw that. Oh, my gosh. Under that was like 8,000 comments. Mm -hmm. Six of those 8,000 were saying, free Kyrie. Another 1,000 was saying, Kyrie is being, God help me, the voice of the oh, voiceless. The voiceless. What a bunch of crap. Let me, I, I've let all that out into the ether, in the words of my beautiful wife. And now I'm going to respond to it. You stupid idiots! Give me a second what I was thinking. You ignorant, incompetent asses! The day Magic found out that he had HIV, he retired because of his health, you dummy. And Kyrie refusing to get a vaccine is costing him, you dumbass. Let me say that again Please. for all you woke people. Because them fools ain't getting it. They won't ever get it. Kyrie refusing to take the vaccine is costing him. I reference one Andrew Wiggins of my Golden State Warriors. Andrew Wiggins once upon a time was on that woke train. And then the Warriors woke him up. And he got off the train. The Warriors, the NBA, state of California all came down and said, no shot, no games. And Andrew Wiggins went, oh, sh that means I stand to lose millions of dollars. 24 hours yes. later, can I have the shot, please? Sure. 
Zap. And now Problem. Andrew Wiggins is a part of the team. Problem over. Problem done. <laughs> Kyrie, why don't you learn? Why haven't you learned? Why haven't you listened? Why haven't you turned your brain on? Please at least do that. Why haven't you even... Here I go cussing again. Reasoned. To lose one of money. Shall I say that again? Kyrie Irving... You idiot stands a ton of money. Yes. Zero has a problem. Oh, it's fact. <laughs> I'll do the find a lie challenge. You ain't going to find one. <laughs> this stance is getting to the point where it challenges your blackness. If you stand with Kyrie, you black. If you don't stand with Kyrie, you're an Uncle Tom. You're a if sellout. Not, if, if you're a sellout. If that's not the biggest bunch of crap I've heard this year, I don't know what is. Because Kyrie Irving has a huge philanthropic heart. Yeah. The dude will donate to so many different charities and charitable things, and he'll pull out of a pocket to even help somebody on the street. I have no issue with the man's None. humanitarian efforts. None. Whatsoever. None. Zero. That is inarguable. Right. Being a fool and <laughs> saying that basically my body is my choice and hurting the team is also inarguable. Mm -hmm. You can be a big philanthropic guy with a huge heart and be a selfish prick at the same time. Those things are not mutually exclusive because right now, Kyrie Irving is a philanthropic, selfish prick. Can I, can I, use, another, can I use part of that phrase to close things up? Uh, not only is Kyrie Irving a philanthropic, selfish prick, I'm going to use a four-letter word at the end of this. He's a philanthropic. He's a philanthropic, selfish fool. <sighs> One of my favorite game shows is The Hollywood Squares, and on the version with Tom Bergeron, Gilbert Gottfried made an appearance. And I close this email by saying two words that Gilbert Gottfried said for 28 minutes. You fool! <laughs> Sincerely, Brian Snow. And Cole Johnson. Courtesy of Cole Sports and Snowman in the Morning. Send. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The stuff that I've been thinking about, Kyrie, came out <laughs> your mouth today. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. That's all I and can yes, think. I, That's all I can yes, think I, of. And yes, I got that was the that was at the crux of why you were not looking forward to tomorrow. <laughs> I understood that from jump. <laughs> it's like all you want to say to Kyrie, go. I, I, I'll I will have that sound in my sound base tomorrow. Is you fool? <laughs> we're out of here. Have a great day. God bless. Remember to make your next move your best move, and always remember. 
If your dreams don't scare you, then they are not big enough. Dream big, do bigger. Cole and I will wrap up Monday Night Football tomorrow. And congratulations to the Chicago Sky 2021 WNBA champions. I will have more on that tomorrow. We're out of here. See you tomorrow.